Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. It's Monday in our Blur's Day Plague Times, um, <laughs> but I'm so glad that you guys are here today and listening in because we have author Melissa Blue with us today. She's one of my Twitter friends, so even though we've never met in person, I feel like I totally know her, which makes me excited for you guys all to meet her. So anyway, if you've never read Melissa yet, you're in for a treat. Let me read her bio for you. Melissa Blue's writing career started on a typewriter one month before her son was born. This would have been an idyllic situation for a writer if it had been in 1985, not 2004. She penned that first contemporary romance, upgraded to a computer, and hasn't looked back since. Outside of writing, Blue works as a mail clerk for the federal government, has a paralegal certificate that she has more use for as a dustpan, and is the mother of two rambunctious children. She lives in California where the wine is good and despite popular belief, it is not always sunny. <laughs> I was in California <laughs> until a few weeks ago. I can vouch for that. Um, I did yeah. put a link to her, <laughs> right? to her Facebook and her Twitter and also to her website where you can sign up for her newsletter. So you can click that anytime if you're listening live. And if you're not, you can click it also. And without any further delay, Melissa, you're there. Hi, hi, hi. I'm so glad you could come on today. You have a new book out, right? Charming Scottish Bastard. I do. I do. You know, uh, every time feels weird now. So, yeah, I released it 10 years ago, technically. Uh, but, yeah, it's August. my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a century ago. Uh, yeah, it's, right? uh, it's my newest under, under the kilt book. Uh, it features Grant and Tasha, and it's, like, just a really soft romance. That's filthy, but it's soft. <laughs> right now, while we're all locked in, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it really, it really came at, at a time that I didn't know that's what I needed, the kind of book I needed to write, or the kind of book that you know my readers will really need. So yeah, the angst is low. Um, he's really soft to her, and then she's soft to him, and uh, you know, of course, I tried to have a plot, um, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's just there for trappings. <laughs> I love it. And this is part of the Under the Kilt series, right? Do people need to read it from the beginning, or do they all stand alone? Uh, I I feel like they all stand alone. I mean, you might get a little confused by the amount of characters, because this is book seven, uh, but you don't need to really need to know who everyone is. All the information is on the page. That's cool. And how many books are going to be in this series? Are you just going to keep it going? Do you have enough friends and cousins to keep that going? (laughs) Well, I think in all, it's probably going to be 10 books in all. And then I'll probably do a spinoff because, you know, despite the fact that it is a a well-loved fan series, um, you know, people start to get a little rary about reading books that are like, you know, 10 plus deep. And so, right, just for that. Yeah. Yeah, like 10 books. I have to start at book 1. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll never get caught up. <laughs> right? 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 I mean, that that really is why I didn't read uh N- Nadali 
uh, seen for so many years. Mm-hmm. I was like, there are so many books that there's no way I'm ever right. going to like catch up ever, ever, ever. And so, yeah. Did you ever start them? Because they are like I did. And you have to read them all. They kind of <laughs> are. They are really fantastic. Because I was sitting there and like, I'm enjoying this, but I hate this element. But I'm enjoying this. But oh my god, why is he doing that? Oh my god, what's the next book? I mean, there are cracks. <laughs> yeah, where is it? Yeah, uh-huh. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and and it is nice because it is such a huge series. Like you can gloam and take a break and come back and gloam some more. So that mm-hmm. that is a high point. <laughs> yes. So I've been dying to ask you, why Scots? Did you go to Scotland and fall in love? What What, what is it with Scots? It was a happy accident. So because of my love of Spike, yes, he's not actually British. He's an American actor. Um, but because of my love of Spike, I always wanted to write an English hero. Um, you know, I wanted him to say, like, love and pet and, like, you know, the whole – uh, right. going to the loo, like you know that that kind of thing. Um, and so at the time I had a Scottish critique partner, and she was like, "How about you make them Scottish, and I can vet the language for you. I can uh, point out anything that you got wrong." And I was like, "Okay, I guess he's Scottish now." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did not did only the- plan to write. Yeah, I had only planned to write two books. Like, I was going to write uh, Under His Kilt, and then I was going to write The Brother, because, like, he, I knew his brother was a reformed con man. And I'm like, I've always wanted to write, like, a con man as a hero. Uh, and then I saw the reception with the first book, and I was like, oh, God, I need to create some cousins because I really like <laughs> tea. Um <laughs> Right, eating is the perk. Yeah, (laughs) I like to eat. My children do too. Uh, This can pay Mm -hmm. some bills, so let me find my cousins to write. But like, there really are my um my comfort series because there are you know they may not always be low angst, but I know like the the tone for it is going to be fun. It's going to be a little fluffy. Yes, it'll be silky, but like it's totally a comfort write for me. So I really have, uh, I really am happy about that, you know, happy accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so these came from Spike from Buffy, right? Well, he was like, you know, kind of like the inspiration for wanting uh, an English hero because, you know, he's sexy, he's a little twisted, but, like, I didn't even, like, these heroes are nothing like Spike. Um, <laughs> None of them are vampires. <laughs> no, it's a contemporary series completely. Are all of your books contemporary? I was poking through your series, different series on the website, yes. and it looks like it's all contemporary so far. Yeah, it's contemporary because I, I unfortunately, I'm not very good at world building. So uh, I figure I can I can world build the contemporary world because there's a whole lot of things that's already there that people are going to understand. Like I don't have to explain like the creation of cell phones; it just exists, you know, and we all have one. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> it's just magic. 
Yeah, so, you know, and but I have written paranormal stories. Just none of them are published. I wouldn't okay. make you guys suffer like that. Uh, I, I can't make any promises. I can't. I've, like, I've been working, like, once, like, once every two years, I bring out the one paranormal book I love, and, like, I feel like everyone who's, like, a friend or been a better reader has also read because I shoved it on them and told me, help me fix this. Uh, and I've been doing that since, I want to say, at least 2010. So I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's speaking as a paranormal writer, I'm over here going, come on, you can do it. <laughs> Trust me, I tried. I cannot do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, no pressure. <laughs> so I always ask people who come on the show because readers are always curious, but what did your writing journey look like? Did you always want to be a writer? Did you stumble into it? I mean, it, it's not it's not your day job, right? So how did you fall into being a romance writer? Well, I didn't always, I wasn't one of those kids who's like, I always want to be a writer. Because I'm like, uh, that seems like something like, it just never felt like it would be something that would be for me. Like it was for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why I thought that, but I just thought that other people do that. You know, they're so cool. Like, I'm not cool. I'm boring. Um, and so, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, and then, uh it was my, I had just graduated, but I had graduated early. So I had, like, this year of just really feeling lost, really feeling lost. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be, I guess I'll be a paralegal, you know. Like, I was just in that space. Um, and then I got into my, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I got into, like, my first real grown-up relationship. And then that turned out very bad. And then my favorite great aunt passed away. And I picked up romances because I'm like, these are very hopeful. They make me feel better. Like, you know, it makes me uh, have hope again to read romance. And then what happened is it just felt like it was just a click inside me. I was like, these books are the only books I ever want to read for the rest of my life. Like, totally converted. Yeah, like, overnight, I felt like I was totally converted. And uh, but where I live, right across the street, there was a thrift store. And, like, so I could get all the Harlequins I wanted at, like, five cents. Um, if I wanted uh, any hardback, there were 25 cents or 50 cents. Um, and so, like, I literally wiped them out, <laughs> wiped out the romance <laughs> section there uh, <laughs> across the street. Um, and when it got to the point that I was reading, like, three to four Harlequins in a day, I started to get bored because I'm like, okay, I really love this genre, but I really want to be, I want the experience to be more interactive. You know, I'm like, and then I read one. It was really, really bad. And I was like, I've read enough of these that I can probably do it myself and do it better than whatever I just read. And so, (laughs) you know, I didn't know, I didn't know at the time that that writer could, could probably write me under a table. Uh, But I was like, I was just so convinced, like, I've read so many 
I can write one better myself. And then, you know, I'll be surprised about what's going to happen because I'm not going to know. And then I ended up getting pregnant with my son, and it kind of got put on pause for a little while. And then I want, yeah, because I'm like, okay, my life is going a totally different direction than I thought was going to happen. And so... (laughs) Let's not write that book. <laughs> Let's prepare for a baby. Um, and so, right. <laughs> Where's that typewriter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I kind of like put that dream aside because I'm like, I've never heard of a writer who was a two-time teenage mother with no degree, no real prospects in her life. Like I never heard of that before. Like, and I'm single. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, this is not a dream that's going to happen for me. And then I ended up watching the opening of the Oprah uh, season, the one where she gives away all the cards. And right. during the same episode, uh, this girl, she was homeless. She had been in and out of foster care all her life. And all she wanted was a college education so she could have a better life for herself and for her sibling. And I'm watching this, and I'm boohooing, because at this point I've had my son. He's a month old. And so I'm mm-hmm. still in that postpartum, like, emotional everything. Right. But then, but then I, I don't need Oprah to make my dream happen. I don't need Oprah. I can literally just get up right now. And at this point, because it had been, like, something, like, just in the back of my mind, I had bought a typewriter, an electric typewriter. Oh, my and, gosh. Yeah. So at... 459, while the credits were still rolling on that Oprah episode, I pulled down the typewriter and I started to write. I didn't even have, like, a typewriting paper. All I had was college rule paper. I did not care. I was going <laughs> Oh, my <write>. gosh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you, like, went on your own hero's journey. You heard the call and you got that typewriter and off you went. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I really feel like Sorry, it's all smoky here in California. I have a a little cough. But I really feel yeah, like that that whole really just, it kind of mirrors my journey in writing because I did publish with a small e-publisher while those packs, and that didn't work out. And then the self-publishing revolution happened. And, again, I had a month where it's like, you know what, I can I can do this myself. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. A, like I don't have to wait around for a publisher to publish these stories I'm writing. And at this point, I had like a stop out of books. Like my first few years of publishing, I literally released a book a month. Wow, wow! And and you had just stockpiled them all. Mm-hmm. I love it because you know you and write the book. So sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, so did you, when you were writing those books, you talked about finding a critique partner. Did you join a writer's group, or how did you figure out how to do it um, I yourself? Was part, yeah, I was part of two, uh, like, two big writing communities. Because Harley Quinn, back, back when I started, it was a whole lot of, like, writers that we know now that are big names. But they're all on Harlequin boards, and they had, like, a yeah. sub-forum where you could uh, exchange critiques. And then the, uh, a couple of years later, I ended up on Romance Divas, and you could also ask for partners there. Um, okay. And so that's, 
yeah, so that's really how I learned how to write through critiques. People saying you're writing yeah. sucks. Oh, <laughs> we all get those hard critiques in the beginning where you're like, why yeah, am I doing I mean, this? And, and, and honestly, it made me a better writer. It made me absolutely a better writer because, like, then you want to um, to improve. But also, like, ha I told you so I could get better. But, like, um, <laughs> you know. You were stubborn. You know, it's, it's one of those kind of things, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, I'm going to get a, be a better writer, so I will never get one of these critiques again, which, you know, it's funny because, like, that's literally the rest of your career. Every now and again, someone comes mm-hmm. along and says, your writing really sucks. Um, but, right. like, you know, when you're green, you don't know that. <laughs> right, right. In the dream, everyone will love your books, and you'll sell a million, yes. and you'll be Stephen yes. King. <laughs> yes, you'll be Nora Roberts with your first book. <laughs> right, with your first book. Yes, yes. yes. In our dream, the illusion is real. <laughs> Uh, so I know you mentioned you mentioned the fires there, but also the pandemic's happening. So how are you finding it writing happy ever afters, you know, when the world's on fire, literally in California? It how really, are you how are you really, doing? It really is tough. It really is tough because it's it's finding the inspiration to do it. Because it's like right. you look at the news and everything's terrible. It's like what what you right. know you you get your writing makes people happy and I'm lucky enough that I have a lot of fans who will tell me if I'm having a bad day how much my writing helps them but at the same time it's like it kind of gets lost in all the noise if you publish um like mm-hmm. you you have to scream louder more often and be like this book exists um and so right like, and yeah yeah you got to kind of hope you're going to break even because you're competing against literally the world being on fire. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I feel yeah, like yeah. And you Go feel ahead. like you've got this book out and everything's on fire and you're like, "Yeah, but here's my new book. Please go get it." <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like you're like, "I'm super sorry, guys, but I have a book out now." <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me, I know your home just burnt down, but would you like to read a book? <laughs> right. But now you probably have more time to read, right? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's it's extra yeah. hard, the yeah, marketing and, and just, you know, making yourself focus on, you know, on a book. I know when the pandemic first started, I was really struggling because, you know, my inner editors like none of this matters everything's on fire yeah you know and thankfully yeah thankfully readers are so fantastic and they're like no we need you more than ever I'm like okay I'm gonna write so yeah what but yeah what I've tried to do lately is like just make like the actual writing process fun like it I want it to not feel like work at all even though I know it is but it's like I've been writing for so long like it's 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 muscle memory, and I just have to tap into right. that and not not over critique myself and not you know um, just make a space where I can write um, where you know my emotions aren't all over the place and I'm not worried about right. uh, <laughs> currently burning down you know um, right. and and it's hard but I've I'm, I've managed to do it like I'm not consistent at all. But like I'm not um, 
berating myself about that. Right. Because it's like, no, 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 it's a pandemic, girl. Give yourself a break. <laughs> hey, we have to be gentle. <laughs> yeah, so gentle. Be like, I really am just being gentle with myself. Um, and I think that that is just as important as getting words on the page. I I agree. I agree because there's enough bad in the world without us calling ourselves losers because we didn't get our word count in. <laughs> yeah. So who inspires you? Who do you pick up a book and you go, oh, my God, I got to go write? You know, who, who do you read that fires you up to go write a book? It really depends. Like, I'm such a mood reader. Um, and also, I immediately forget books after I read them, even though I love them a lot. <laughs> yeah, you I love them in the moment? Until, no, not just love them in the moment. Like, things have to be in my face for me to remember them. So, just for this portion, I made sure I had my e-reader queued up. Right now, Ginny Lynn is kicking my butt, and I love it. I'm reading um, The Hidden Moon, The Hidden Moon. It's uh, her Lotus Palace mystery, part of her Lotus Palace mystery series. And, yeah, like her writing is just so, uh, it's just so beautiful. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. I can't describe it. Like, it, it's just her writing is so breathtaking, and it reads so effortless. Like, uh, you know how sometimes you can read somebody and you kind of, like, see the steam work? Like, oh, this is a turning point. Like, there's a part of your mind who, that that's, you know, the writer. in the peanut gallery. Yeah, that's in the peanut mm-hmm. gallery. And it's like, oh, I can see all the scenes of this story, and I know what's going to happen. Like, that doesn't happen with me when I read Jenny Lynn because it's just so effortless and seamless and it feels like it's a surprise, even though like, yeah, I'm going to, I know it's going to end in Athlete Ever After and they're going to get the bad guy. Uh, but like, ugh, her writing is just, uh. <laughs> she makes me, uh, I'm adding it to my like, to, to be read list. <laughs> <laughs> like she's one of those writers that you hate a little because her writing is so good. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Also, yeah, yeah, but it also motivates me to write better. Like I want, I want people to say our names together one day. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love that because I do that same thing. I'll read somebody and I'll be like, "Dang, I need to go write, and I want to write something amazing like that." How did they do that? Uh, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's definitely one. Uh, let's see, let's see. What else did I read? Oh, Holly Trent. Holly Trent inspires me because she's so freaking funny. She's so just the way she, uh, like what I say all the time is that she can make any joke work. So we, we are, we were in like a cell together and then we wrote a series together. So, uh, I know Holly Trent pretty well. And so one day we were just, you know, faffing about online, and I was like, I would love to see you put a glory hole in your book <laughs> to see if you can make it work. Did she make and then it work? she was like, she did. I think she just put, like, a glory hole, hole joke in the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it totally worked. And I was like, oh, my God, you're a genius. I love you. <laughs> so every now and then, every now and then, I'll throw out, like, the wildest idea at her and be like, I want to see you put it in the book. 
because the other one is like I wanted her to see if she could work uh, a joke in about just putting the tip in. Like I don't know how PG we are, so uh, and she did it. She did it. It's one of her. It's uh, it's it's a joke in one of her Wolf Shifter series. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I love so, that. Yeah. Yeah, I love and my I, you, I love my job as a writer. <laughs> right, right. Um, I didn't know that you did um, co-writing. Have you done that very often, or just with Holly? Uh, it wasn't necessary co-writing, co-world building. Um, I oh okay. I think, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've done that. You did like shared two times, world. three times. Yes, a show we did a shared world, but like I've always wanted, we've always like put it on like books. We'll we, we, we'll write a book together, and we just honestly never <laughs> get to it. But I'm like, it will be the filthiest <laughs> schedule never funniest book ever written. Yeah, it never works. Like, it really would. Usually, like, yeah, because usually whenever I'm in the writing mood, she's like, mm, I haven't written in three months. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and when she's off writing like a million words in a year, I'm just like, girl, I'm lucky if I write an email. <laughs> Can't even finish One day it'll email. happen. <laughs> like, yeah, one day it'll happen. So while we're all shut in, what are you binging right now? Uh, I've been watching a lot of anime lately. I've been oh, watching okay. like tons of. I'm I'm currently rewatching Tiger and Bunny. I really enjoy like their uh, relationship art in that anime, and they're like uh, it's superheroes, but it's uh, like it's done like real reality TV show kind of superhero, and it's really interesting take because like they have sponsors, they have to. Uh, uh, make happy and like uh, when they arrest people and save people, there's points. Like it's a, it's a it's a very tongue in cheek show. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. my daughter I watches a lot of anime. I I haven't yet, but that sounds really cool. Oh, you've got, you've got to try some of it. You've got to try some of it. Um, like I I'm I don't watch any of like really dark and twisty anime because like I just don't have the stomach for some of it uh, but like yeah there's a lot of light fluffy stuff out there you should give it a try that, that sounds cool <laughs> yeah I think I will I just finished um, I have a show hole because I finished Umbrella Academy I don't know if you watched that but oh my god it was fantastic um, like I hear nothing but great things about it but like I've never gotten around to like sit down and start watching it like just like like I am a mood TV watcher, like right. I haven't been like I I since I don't know what it is. I don't know what mood I need to be in for it. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like because I right. know nothing about it other than it's like it looks like a couple of weird people and it's quirky. <laughs> like that's all I know. <laughs> yeah, it's very quirky. Has an excellent soundtrack, but yeah, it's it's very quirky and weird. And but you know, when you watch the first episode of it, it gives you the the crux of the series is that these forty nine babies or something were all born on the same day to people who were not previously pregnant. And I was like, yeah. I'm so in. Um, so this guy was collecting them because obviously these kids must be, you know, something special. These women who weren't pregnant suddenly gave birth that day. 
So anyway, I was yeah, in. It's was... very odd, just like that. So, but they all have powers, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> but as a writer, I'm like, wow, that is the that, ultimate that's how high you concept. Show. That's how you sell Yeah, that's how you sell right? show. It's very odd. You might like it. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. I'm just like, whoa, what do you do with that? Oh, my gosh. So I can't believe that we are running out of time. But um, (laughs) I wanted to know, how do you like to keep in touch with readers? Can they get in touch with you on Facebook? Do you have a reader group or Twitter or newsletter? How do you keep in touch? I uh, my newsletter if they want to hear about any sales or uh, new releases, uh, and they can find that at my website uh, themelissablue.com. But usually I'm part on Twitter, talking to everyone, <laughs> and that is yes. mill un- underscore the great. <laughs> and she is the great on Twitter. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and she has a link to buy her a cup of coffee and you should all do that. I've done that a couple of times. Um, and <laughs> I, I appreciate really cool. it. Absolutely. Cause again, <laughs> right? I like to eat. <laughs> yeah. Writers need their Starbucks. <laughs> well, thanks so much really for being do. here today. It was great to have Thank you. you for having me. Thanks for joining us on book lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.